You're listening to Commute, the podcast. Congratulations, you'll be smarter when you get there. What up? Welcome into Commute, the podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Jay. And we are about to take you on a deep dive on three topics that we find interesting, and we're betting that you might just find them interesting, too. We can promise you this. You'll be smarter when you get there. On this edition of Commute, artificial intelligence has infiltrated our world from the workplace to the school to the business world. But what about church? And can AI really replicate a conversation with Jesus Christ? As young kids, most of us have dreams of one day performing at the highest level and becoming an Olympic athlete. But some of us have other dreams and other Olympics in mind. This week, we explore the wonderful, whimsical world of the Magic Olympics. We think of subtitles as a feature that can be used by someone hard of hearing to make watching TV and movies more accessible. So then why are people, particularly young people who are not hard of hearing, using them so much now? And is it affecting the entertainment industry? All of that on this edition of Commute. Let's get it. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit controversial today, depending on your perspective, I guess. So before we get into that, though, is there anything that you've heard about in your life or like a new product or idea or just something that's come into your space that you kind of felt like uh, that makes me feel a little weird or wrong? Like, I just don't feel right about that. Yeah. And this is uh, kind of random, but uh, Magic 8 Balls, actually. Um, so <laughs> like as you're a, communing, <laughs> communing with the devil or something yeah, through it. Like, like what's the as deal? a kid, I don't think anyone ever said that to me. I, I don't think anybody ever said, Hey, don't use that magic eight ball. It's of the devil. But there was just something about it that felt like demonic. You know, in the nineties, like pretty much everything got labeled demonic, but I cannot think of any instance of the magic eight ball being one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, in my mind. It was as evil as evil gets. Now, Mattel, uh, who owns the rights to the Magic 8-Ball, they are just coming off of the biggest movie of the year, which is Barbie. And they have announced a series of more like more films based on Mattel toys, and one of those is a Magic 8-Ball film. Well, I think we're burying the lead here. I'm shocked you have that much Magic 8-Ball knowledge that you know who owns the Magic 8-Ball. Well, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what the plot of a Magic 8-Ball movie could be. So let me pitch you the plot real quick, okay? Okay. The Magic 8-Ball is like, the movie is like a gritty, like, horror movie, kind of like I Know What You Did Last Summer, or like something like Memento, you know, something like that, where, like, the Magic 8-Ball knows something that you don't, like how you're going to die or something, (laughs) and you're trying to escape it. PG-13, like, not hard R, but that's kind of my vision for it. In a world where decisions (laughs) are hard to make. We definitely went down a rabbit hole here, so <laughs> we'll kind of bring it back uh, to uh, to the segment here, Dave. So, uh, you know, many people around the world, uh, they have religious beliefs, and those typically include the concept that you can speak to a god or some sort of holy figure, whether it be through prayer or through meditation or rituals. But what if I told you, Dave, that you could speak directly to the big man himself on your phone, or at least a generated version of him, based on information that we have about him? And what if I told you that this was controversial, (laughs) obviously? Text with Jesus, an app that was launched in July, aims to do just that. 
The app replicates an instant messaging platform with biblical figures like Jesus, Ruth, Job, Abraham, and all the apostles, all impersonated by the artificial intelligence program ChatGPT. The company's CEO, Stefan Peter, describes it this way. We stir the AI and tell it, you are Jesus, or you are Moses, or whoever, and knowing what you already have in your database, you respond to the questions based on their characters. Now, Peter has actually done this before and has built other similar apps that allow users to chat with a generated version of the Founding Fathers, for example. And while some may just see this technology as sacrilegious, Peter does not, saying, instead of just getting a daily Bible verse, now you get a chance through this app to chat with Jesus or anybody else in the Bible. Peter even reports that the company consulted with theological leaders on the project and heavily input information from the Bible to develop the bots. <laughs> now, Dave, there is a premium version as well for $2.99 a month, and it does allow a user to chat with Mary Magdalene and even Satan, who, by the way, does sign all of his messages with the purple devil emoji. Now, the line here, though, is an interesting one to me, Dave, especially if you ask Jesus about controversial issues. Peter himself acknowledged that the bots are actually specifically programmed to avoid talking about potentially controversial things like same-sex marriage or abortion. And Dave, really, the links that the Jesus bot goes to to avoid any even remotely potential controversy is sort of hilarious. For example, when asked what race he is, AI Jesus says, quote, as a son of God, I transcend human categories such as race. <laughs> now, this trend of AI penetrating almost every aspect of life, Dave, what I think is interesting here is that religion is not immune. AI sermons already exist, for example, and in Germany, an entire church service was performed by AI earlier <laughs> this year. And while most theological leaders agree that more complex issues should probably be dealt with face-to-face -face rather than using a non-judgmental, non-critical, anonymous space like an AI app, the influence is there. And while texting with Jesus may seem like a controversial idea on the surface, it's probably more of an example of things to come rather than an example of some sort of an outlier. It's a good example to me that really nothing is off limits in this world of ever spreading AI influence. Okay, you ready? <laughs> You've been chatting with Jesus so often, I, uh, I asked Jesus about the Magic 8-Ball. Okay. okay. So, uh, first of all... Did he confirm well, your suspicions? Je Jesus opened up our conversation. He said, Greetings, my friend. I am Jesus Christ. Here to, <laughs> to lend an yeah, ear. Yeah, not suspicious at all. <laughs> Here to lend an ear and offer guidance in whatever way I can. And I said, is the magic eight ball demonic? And he said, ah, the magic eight ball. While some may view it as simply a toy, there are differing opinions regarding its use. As for whether it is demonic, I would say that it depends on how one approaches and uses it. Ultimately, we should seek guidance from God alone and trust his wisdom and not rely <laughs> on external objects like the magic eight ball. So there you have Pretty it. Pretty detailed. Now you need to pay for premium and you need to ask Satan if he uses the magic eight ball to speak to people. That's where you're really going to get your answer. One word response, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come find out. And then the devil emoji. <laughs> All right, Jay, uh, I feel like you probably went through a stage in life where you wanted to be a magician. 
Am I on to something there? Did not everybody go through that stage? Because I feel like it's sort of a rite of passage for just like being a human. Is you're just like, you see it and you're like, I want to know how to do that. But then you try it and it's so complicated and frustrating that you give up. Like, so that was me. The amount of money, the amount of money I would pay to see a young Jay Sisson try to do a magic trick. Uh, it'd be a lot. Be a like, lot I can't really like shuffle a deck of cards now as like a 34 year old person. Like it's just kind of doesn't really work for me. I don't really know how people do it without making a huge mess. But when I shuffle cards, I end up like bending the entire deck. So it's ruined. <laughs> so I would be, if people hate when I deal, put it that way. Like, I have to have people shuffle for me when I, when I deal. <laughs> See, I'm the same way. I never shuffled for real in my life. It's always somebody else at the table. <laughs> But Jay, I admittedly have always been awful at uh, both performing magic tricks and figuring them out. Like, seriously, the guess a card thing. How is that happening? How are people doing that? Nuts. <laughs> but while professional magicians have the tall task of mesmerizing audiences night in and night out, every once in a while they have a task that's much more difficult. Mesmerizing each other. Jay, every three years, magicians from all over the world gather in Quebec City at the World Championship of Magic, a.k.a. the Magic Olympics, a six-day magic marathon that attracts thousands of hopefuls, all vying for a shot at the title of World's Best Magic Act. But Jay, like I mentioned moments ago, the aim here isn't to impress a crowd. It's to impress other magicians with a single trick that even the magical experts of the world can't figure out. The event is put on by the International Federation of Magic Societies, and according to the National Geographic, it fits somewhere between the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire competition and the Westminster (laughs) Dog Show. Events run all day, literally all day, from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m., with magic vendors selling gear and magicians networking late into the night. And Jay, while all of us know the name of magicians like David Copperfield or David Blaine, the vast majority of attendees do not earn a full-time income from performing magic. It's an eclectic group of folks made up of nuclear physicists, doctors, and retail workers. And success at the Magic Olympics can lead to success in the magic world. A trick that lands well with the 10-judge panel usually leads to retail opportunities, TV show scout conversations, and local theater bookings. And the federation behind the Olympics has come a long way since its start in 1948. (laughs) By the way, what kind of magic were people doing in 1948? (laughs) (laughs) Dear brother, your horse has disappeared. I mean, they they had cars in 1948. They'd just gotten off of World War II. I mean, I think I was thinking 1848. (laughs) (laughs) But today, Jay, the federation represents over 100 magic societies from more than 50 countries, all in all consisting of over 70,000 magicians. But Jay, this much magical expertise means the tricks are often a result of a hopeful's life's work. Often the tricks you see at the Magic Olympics have been perfected over a decade or more of refinement. Most people, like us, don't see magic very often, so we always scream when a magician correctly guesses our five of diamonds. Folks at the Olympics, however, would simply yawn. And often the best tricks are part of a compelling story. The 2022 event featured a magician from Japan romancing an empty shirt that somehow wrapped her in its arms. 
A 15-year-old German magician named Magic Maxwell battled a hard-boiled egg while he pretended to get ready for school. And on and on it goes. And while folks come for the competition, often the real draw is the conversations. Every evening, magicians share secrets with each other and develop new tricks. Often the tricks that win were born of a conversation at a prior event. But for attendees of the Magic Olympics, Jay, the potential fame is nice, and the relationships are great, but what they really want is the magic itself. Remember, these folks are truly magic junkies, obsessed with the craft. Simon Coronel, a grand prize winner in 2022 who designs jigsaw puzzles for a living, told the National Geographic all the magicians want the glory, sure, but they're all ultimately seeking to find what he calls the promised land. A trick that leads to a moment full of such awe that it hints at a universe where magic isn't just a trick or an illusion, but instead is something that feels like it really exists. You know, magic's gotten so much better, obviously, like over the decades, because the tricks just keep outdoing each other. And so it's got me thinking, if you could get a time machine and you could take David Blaine and send him back to like the 1400s or something, like what would happen? I mean, he would be the king of everything. Like, people would just think he was a warlock or something. <laughs> you know, today, like, we we have the scientific method. Like, we know, like, all right, there's got to be an explanation. But, like, it's just evolved to that point where it's so unbelievable. You're like, but I can't figure it out. But what would you rather do? Would you rather have David Blaine's magic, and so you go back in time and people think you're a sorcerer? Or would you, <laughs> or would you rather go back in time and have a sports almanac like Biff? from Back to the Future 2, so you could just start betting. <laughs> I think it's got to be that one. I mean, well, I don't know. Usually that doesn't work out in time travel movies, though, because, like, it's always the same plot. Like, they travel back, they got the sports almanac, they start betting, and then the mob starts breaking their kneecaps because they we, steal we all might money need or to, We might need to ask Jesus. On <laughs> let's, let's go He'd to Jesus. Neither. Let's go check and see. <laughs> neither. He's like, he's like, my child, gambling <laughs> is wrong, I must say. I don't take controversial stances, but this is one. <laughs> Today, for our final segment, we're going to be talking about the rise of subtitles, which have become very popular among TV watchers in recent years, especially young TV watchers. So before we get into it, are you a subtitles user? So my youngest son was born at the end of 2022, so December 2022. And you know, when you have a baby, a newborn, they're crying all the time at night. And so my wife and I would watch a show. We always have like a, a maternity, paternity show. We did that with our first son. We did that with our second. So we'd watch a show, and he's crying, he's loud, we're walking around the room. And so we just have the subtitles on so we wouldn't lose the show. So we kind of knew what was going on. I actually really loved it. So we tried it again with the show after, now that he's a little bit older, we tried it recently with the show, and I hated it. So I think it was just time and place. Like, it's, it's yeah. almost like a candy, like, you know, like Fun Dip, like those candy sticks. Like, they taste really good when you're little. If you went and ate one now, you'd immediately vomit. <laughs> you can't go home again on some things. It's time and place. Yeah, I've, I've never been a subtitles guy, and uh, we'll talk in this segment about foreign uh, series where you kind of have to watch them with subtitles if you don't 
um, speak the language or you have to watch like the dub overs, which that I can't do at all. Like I can't, if it's not going to match, if it's not going to match up with the mouth, I can't do now, it. Let me actually say, I watched a show with English dub overs and I thought I'd hate it. Also love that. Now that might've been time and place as well. That was during that same time period. <laughs> just, I know I can't do that. That would drive me absolutely insane. <laughs> I think it's when you have an infant, your brain just doesn't work right. <laughs> I was into a bunch it. of weird things. Yeah. Well, Dave, to kick things off, let's take a closer look at the origin of this trend. So subtitles, or closed captions, have been around for decades to assist those with hearing impairments, but their popularity, like we mentioned, among young people has really surged in recent years. So why the sudden interest? Well, for starters, subtitles provide an additional layer of engagement. They allow viewers to follow the dialogue closely and catch little pieces of nuance that they might miss without it. And it's especially beneficial for really complex stories like Game of Thrones or Stranger Things. And these are two specific shows that really became the center of the conversation around subtitles on social media sites, specifically TikTok. And really, Dave, I think TikTok actually plays a huge role here in general. The subtitles trend is talked about frequently in that space. And since people, especially younger people, now have their attention pulled in so many different directions by their phones, many say that they can't focus unless they're using subtitles because without them, they start browsing the internet and lose focus too quickly. Now, in addition to that, subtitles accommodate a busy viewing environment. Young people often find themselves watching content not on their TV, but on their phones, tablets, or laptops where background noise can be distracting. Subtitles provide a way to stay connected to the storyline even in busy or loud conditions. On top of that, the rise of foreign films and TV series, like we mentioned, has contributed to the subtitle trend. As young viewers explore content from around the world, subtitles become a crucial tool for understanding and appreciating the intricacies of these stories. Popular shows like the Spanish Money Heist or the German show Dark are examples of shows that became popular in the U.S. despite being created in another language. But it's not just the viewers who benefit from this trend. Streaming platforms like Netflix and Amazon Prime have also taken notice and started investing more in subtitles. They're expanding their libraries of dubbed and subtitled content to cater to this new audience. Really, the demand for subtitles has led to improved quality of subtitles. Subtitling is no longer an afterthought. It's serious business with professional subtitlers working to ensure that translations are accurate and culturally sensitive. The entertainment industry is also leveraging this trend for marketing purposes. Subtitled trailers and promotional material are shared widely on social media, attracting a broader international audience. But Dave, one of the most interesting aspects of this trend to me is its potential to influence the storytelling itself. As content creators see the growing popularity of subtitles, they may become more attuned to the importance of really clear and really concise dialogue in their projects. This, in turn, could lead to more intelligible scripts that actually have subtitles in mind when created, whether the viewer chooses to use the subtitles or not. Now, it's important to remember here that subtitles are not about replacing sound. They're about enhancing the viewing experience and making content more accessible to a broader audience, which seems to be the overall effect on some level that we're seeing here. The rise of particularly young people watching TV with subtitles, it is a trend, but it's more than that. It's kind of transforming the way we consume and then create entertainment. Interesting that you brought up both Money Heist and Dark because those were the two shows I watched with the English overdubs. Now, here's another issue with English overdubs. If you decide to try it and switch to the original language, 
it changes the voices. Okay, so like oh, for yeah. example, on yeah. one of the shows, I'm out. I'm already out. One of the <laughs> well, on one of the shows, one of the characters, he kind of talked like this. Hey Jay, what's going on? And then you change it, you change it back to the Spanish, and it, it's I'm not going to try to speak Spanish. But you sure? Go, uh, you sure you weren't watching like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something? <laughs> no, but he'd go, Hey Jay, what's going? Like it was very deep. He went from really high to really deep, and just changed the character. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just, uh, it's not for me. Hey, Jay! (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Commute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. We're on social. Check us out on Facebook, X, or Instagram. And you can always say what up at our website, commutethepodcast.com. Music for Commute is provided by my main man, Jason Sammons. For Jay Sisson, I'm Dave Kropp. We'll see you next week. So premium version, you can also get Judas. Now, that'd be fun. <laughs> Uh, like he's get, always uh, some, saying something a little <laughs> suspicious. Like it's always just like covertly <laughs> suspicious. It's like it's like you ask him like, "Hey, Judas, like uh, how do I get over anxiety?" And he's like, "Well, no. you know, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like you may never get away from it." <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Like uh, you're fine. <laughs> no, I don't love this. So uh, like Noah is free. Noah's part. Okay. Uh, Eve, you got to pay. Samson. You got to pay all the interesting people. I know yeah, it'd be interesting. See, like, what's the but, like, deal? The super interesting Jonah. You got to pay. Well, what am I going to ask Samson? Like he was just a like I don't know. Like I'm not going to go to Samson for advice. Like he just fought people. <laughs> he was just strong. <laughs> like hey man, what was it like when you got your hair cut? You know, like I don't know. What am I? What am I supposed to ask him? I'm going to delete this app though. I feel like there's something. <laughs> it's probably collecting every bit of your personal information. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Jason Sammons, who a uh, great buddy of mine, provides the music for the show, he will be very upset when he knows that I downloaded this. He listens to the show, so he will hear that I downloaded this. He'll be upset because he'll know that my data has been compromised. <laughs> hey, Jesus, is, you should ask Jesus, like, are you going to use my data to <laughs> sell me ads? And he'll be like, my child, I would never betray you. But are you? But then you ask Judas. In... Then you ask Judas, and he's like, "Maybe I don't know." LOL. <laughs>